You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. It is my pleasure to introduce Kyra Elsley. She is the head women's basketball coach of the University of Kentucky. This will be her third season leading the Lady Cats, and she became the first head coach to win back-to-back NCAA tournaments in her first two seasons, and she also led Kentucky to its second SEC tournament title in program history. But not only is she an amazing basketball coach, but she is a wife to Dexter Lander and a mother to her son, Jackson. I hope y'all are as excited to hear what she has to share with us today as I am. So can we give her an Asbury welcome and welcome Kyra Elsley to the stage. Good morning. How are you all feeling today? Okay, I like a lot of energy. I'm a coach, so I like energy. If y'all are like my players, I know school is overwhelming you right now, but you got this. Our motto is commit to it. So stay strong, be built different. You have this. It's a great honor today to be here um, to speak. Thank you all so much for the opportunity. I have to be honest, I was very nervous about this speaking engagement. Usually my speeches come to me relatively easy, but for whatever reason, this one did not. I have to admit, I have Aisha Foy here with me, who's our uh, director of recruiting, along with my mom. I texted her last night and I said, I am all over the place with this speech. So I'm coachable, she had to give me a pep talk. But it was a reminder after her text that my life story is a testimony. God has blessed me more than I deserve. My life is far from perfect, but I'm confident that I'm walking in God's purpose. The scripture that came to mind as I was pondering my life, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6. But before I go any further, can I have Pastor Ferris and his family stand up? Please give him a round of applause. So I've known Pastor Ferris for over 30 years, along with his family. They played an integral part. Um, of our spiritual journey for our family as he was the pastor at Connett Methodist um, when I turned 13 years old. I spoke to Pastor Ferris last night and all my childhood memories came rushing back to me. As I hung up the phone, there was one song that is forever etched in my mind um, that he made the choir sing over and over and over. Somebody prayed for me. Do you all know that song? If you don't, don't worry. The words go like this. Somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time to pray for me. I'm so glad they prayed. I'm so glad they prayed for me. I realized how blessed I was to have a praying family and friends. Like I said, I grew up in Connett Methodist. My spiritual foundation was laid at an early age. We had to go to church every Sunday, 
and you are not going to miss Sunday school either. Plus, you're going to go to every program that was after church as well. One of the first Bible verses that I learned as a kid was John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I vividly remember my grandmother saying that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, that when someone messed up to forgive because whatever happened is between them and their God. There's just so many memories to account for. When I think about Connect Methodist, it shaped me into the woman and the person that I am today. So the first thing I learned, do not be late. Or cut up in church. I know you all used to talk in church with your friends, especially when you're a teenager. I didn't have that luxury, though. My auntie sang in the choir. My grandmother sat on the first pew. My uncle sat on the right. So when I was cutting up with my friends in the back, they would turn around and I would get that death stare. You all know the look. That meant a whooping follows, immediately follows after church. Now I was one of those kids, I don't know about you guys, but I loved Communion Sunday. The choir would sing, the blood will never lose its power. The kids would go to the altar last, I swear. The best grape juice is in church. <laughs> I never drank it any other time, <clears throat> but I loved it on Communion Sunday. Pastor Ferris would give us the command to drink the blood and eat the bread. Well, of course, us being little kids, we would try to drink as many cups as possible, and we would get in trouble by the ushers. They would hit our hands for doing so. I chuckle to myself now, I have a six-year-old. I promise I owe Consolidated Baptist grape juice. He has about five cups before communion ever starts. It must run in the family. We like church grape juice the best. I grew up in an era where you had to learn a speech for Easter Sunday and Christmas programs. <clears throat> the older you were, the longer your speech was. My grandmother and mother would make me stand in front of the house and practice my speech for hours. I still remember them saying, stand up straight, be confident, articulate your words. <clears throat> I guess the training paid off as I have to speak a lot for my job, so thank you, Mom. Who knew the white tiny church on the corner of Adams Street with the stained glass windows would help center my life. It would not only be the foundation, but also made me the believer of who I am today. I didn't know how much I would need God then, but as my grandmother would say, live a little while longer. Life will hit you. Those words were never so true. <clears throat> As you all grow, you will see that your relationship with God 
will evolve and change through different seasons of your life. Mine has as well. I grew up Methodist, but when I went away to college, to the University of Tennessee, I know, do I have any Tennessee people in here? Go balls and go cats. <laughs> it was a tough transition to Knoxville. College was wild. I was playing basketball for an icon, partying, dating for the first time, experiencing life that was so different than how I grew up. But that didn't last long. As Proverbs 22 states, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. My mom and family raised me right. I found my way back to church, but it was a small Baptist church that resonated with my soul. Not the Methodist church that I grew up in, which was very confusing for me. However, I was at peace. We were all Christian in God's eyes. In 2010, I joined Consolidated Baptist Church in Lexington. I dedicated my life back to Christ. I went to the water in front of my friends and family, and it was life-changing. The thing about being a Christian, you will fall short of the glory every day. You will be tested and tempted by the devil at all times. I pray every morning for God to order my steps and that I'm the person that he wants me to be today. And when I fall short, which I often do, I simply pray for forgiveness, understanding, and blast my gospel music at the office. Try it sometimes. I've also learned that life is not always going to go the way that you plan just because you're a believer. It's great to walk with God when life is grand. It's the tough times that forces you to deepen your relationship and your faith. When you no longer feel he's with you, that's the time that you have to believe the most. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Proverbs 16, verse 9. This happened to me. So I had planned that I was going to be the head coach at the University of Tennessee, and I was going to follow Coach Summit. That was my dream. When that didn't happen, the other plan was I was going to take over for Coach Mitchell at the University of Kentucky five to seven years down the road. Well, that all changed in 2020. God showed me his plans. November of 2020, I became the head coach, not how I planned. The previous head coach got sick, decided to retire. So here I was thrust into, at the helm in November, about a week before the season started. I literally was baptized by fire. I have a little trophy in my office that I look at often, and I needed it then and still now. It's a basketball, and it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
Philippians 4, verse 13. Last year was probably the roughest year at the helm for me. We went on an eight-game losing streak, and I thought, dear Jesus, you did not bring me this far to leave me. God and I had a lot of conversations. I continue to play my gospel music in the office. We Will Win was one of the songs that I played over and over. We were not winning, but I kept playing it. <laughs> However, by God's grace at the end, we went on a 10-game winning streak and won the SEC championship. Yes, thank you. But my point is, some things in life you cannot do without God. I don't know how it happened. We won four games in a row and beat powerhouses. It was only by God's grace. If you all could stand with me. I want to make sure y'all are engaged. I want to hear it loud. If you all could re repeat the serenity prayer with me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. A little louder with some energy. Courage to change the things I can. And wisdom to know the difference. Thank you. Y'all are still awake with me. Thank you. Life has forced me to repeat this often, and I'm sure you as well. Have you ever been mad at God and lost faith? Be honest. Tap your neighbor. I have been mad. Let them know I have been mad. We're going to be honest in here today. I've been mad at God a lot. The maddest I've ever been is when I prayed so hard for my husband and I to, to have a family. It did not work out like I wanted. Six miscarriages later, I thought God was being cruel to me. However, he blessed me with a son named Jackson, which means God has shown favor. Not the way that I thought I would become a mom, but the way God wanted me to. My mom reminded me, and this is for you guys too, that the storms and trials that you encounter in life is not for you. It's to help other people. We are simply delivering God's word. As you focus on what it means to become, I know that was your motto, I want to leave you all with this message. We have encouragement every game day uh, practice. And our last encouragement was this. Seasons of change, settling into the season God has you in. What should you know about this season of your life? One, they are beyond your control. 
Daniel, um, chapter 2, verse 21. Number two, the seasons of life include both good and bad times. Ecclesiastics 3, verse 1 through 8. Three, the seasons of life can sometimes be confusing, and that's okay. Four, God has a purpose for every season of your life. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Number five, what you sow in one season, I will reap in another season. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. So I leave you all with these final questions. You don't have to answer them now, but think deeply upon them when you leave. How can I make the most of each season? What can you learn in this season of your life? What can you enjoy right now in this season of your life? What should your priority be right now in this season of your life? How can you help others right now in this season of your life? I want to thank you all for allowing me to speak with you all today. I pray that your work and my work will speak for itself long after you're gone and when you have to answer to God at the Golden Gates. God bless you all. Can the band please? Oh, look how coachable the band. The band is here. God bless you all. Thank you.